I want me some glory hope. Hello, welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to some Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Cephas. Listen, there once was a great man, and he gave a great speech about a dream. And let me tell you, sir, not to compare myself to the greatness of Martin Luther King, but Longhorn <laughs> has a dream, more of a drunken blackout vision, but never mind that, that one day, one day, we will pick up three units on Saturday and five units on NFL Sunday. That's right. Through the beer goggles, I can see this glorious, glorious eight plus unit weekend and a perfect 5-0 in the Super Contest, my friend. I only wish I could have these drunken visions without waking up in a pool of my own urine. Now, whether you are here <laughs> for the funny... It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doo out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil, doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness, look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President, I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray, and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I said five! To the rain, watch this pour as I touch your face. Now, with all that business out of the way, beer cap again. Welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, here on the sports patio, we got the TVs going. We got the beer heavily flowing, and right now, it's everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show, my friend. Tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cold beer here. 
choice of the week. And before you get started, sir, I will remind you that slander is a crime in all 50 states. Take it away. <laughs> well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight, there will be no slander. Mm-hmm. We're going to drink a Shiner Cheer by Shiner Brewery in Shiner, wow. Texas. 4.25 out of 5 stars. It's a fantastic Christmas beer, and we're going to continue, Longhorn, to spread that holiday cheer. And tonight, with the real story of the two different Christmases. Uh-oh. The religious and the secular. So, Longhorn, when Christmas was first invented, there was already a holiday going on, and we'll get into that in further episodes. But long story short, hmm. people were already partying, and the religious crowd didn't like it. Those stuffy old fucks were like, hey... I know you've been partying on this day since like the beginning of time, but now we've decided this is Jesus' birthday and y'all need to fucking tone it down a little bit. And the secular crowd was like, uh, nah, you can all go fuck yourselves. We're not going to do it. So the Puritans in England canceled Christmas in 1645. And if you're like my buddy Longhorn, you're probably thinking, hey, that wouldn't happen in America. Wrong. Damn right. So the pilgrims, that we discussed over Thanksgiving, they didn't allow Christmas in America either. And in fact, Christmas was outlawed from 1659 to 1681 in the city of Boston, and anyone that was exhibiting the quote-unquote Christmas spirit would be fined five shillings on the fucking spot. Hmm. Now, thankfully, the good people at Coke and Budweiser came along and got behind the whole deal, and now we all get together and get drunk with Jesus every single year, and this is my favorite holiday, and we will continue to tell these true Christmas stories. Goddamn, I love fucking Christmas. I, I truly don't know how to even respond to one of your stories without some, you know, slanderous attack on my character. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I'm speechless. I will say though, however, that I mean, maybe, maybe America in the in the 17th century should have got a little MAGA going on, and and uh. And uh, got that Christmas spirit going a little better, and times, would, <laughs> times wouldn't have been so hard. You know, you wouldn't have to rely on the on all the engines to help you with the crops and such. Oh my lord, <laughs> we have moved on past that story, sir. We're moving oh, on now sorry. to the podcast. We're gonna give you the free picks. We're gonna have the good, the bad, and the hard. You fucking kidding me? We're giving you every, and I mean every, win coming in the air tonight in the NFL. But right now, it is time once again to get you paid with that college. Free pick of the week. And this week, Longhorn, we're going to go to Central Michigan where those Chippewas are catching 11.5 points versus those Toledo, whatever the fuck they are. Uh, this is a straight <laughs> power know. ranking play for us. Central Michigan is just outside the top 90 in the nation in our power rankings. Not great. But Toledo is not even 10 spots better than them. That's not nearly enough for this 11.5 point spread. Central Michigan has outscored their opponents on the season, and since 2019, Central Michigan is 64.3 ATS in conference, while Toledo is just 38.5% in conference. Go Chippewas, baby. And now that we got you paid, we got to get paid and do that. It's this week's sponsor, and this week's sponsor is BetAnySports.eu. I said BetAnySports.eu. It is the only place to go for online gambling. All sports, as the name suggests, if you want to guess how many times Christmas will be banned in the upcoming eight years, they got the over or under on that too. Or if you just want to 
bet on the over-under how many times Longhorn wants to frown or shake his head when I tell one of my true stories. Mm-mm. I'd bet the over on that one, yeah. promise you. Every they, week. Got, <laughs> they got poker, <laughs> full casino games. They advertise reduced juice, same-day payouts. They welcome Bitcoin. They have the widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers of the internet. People. Go to betanysports.eu, put in code word glory hole, you get 35% sign up bonus today. What does that mean? It means you deposit $1,000, you get back $1,350, you take their money on top of, with our picks, you win in money on top of money on top of fucking money, baby. It's betanysports.eu, code word glory hole. One more time, I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu, code word glory hole. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great that's just fucking great the bad is this bad is this bad well that's fucking not good and the are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me god damn it are you fucking with me All right, boys and girls, and as you know, we always start with the good. But Longhorn, we're not doing that this week. Uh-oh. There is no good this week. There is no bad this week. There is only. Are you fucking kidding me? Only? Only. And this week, there it's a multitude. It's a multitude. So we're going to start. We'll start in uh, college. We had Florida, minus 17 and a half. They were winning 31 to 7 with 11 minutes left in the game, easily covering. Oh, Tennessee God. scores with 5:33 left in the fourth quarter. That makes the score 31-13, just a half point above the cover. After that, they try the onside kick. Florida gets it, so they start in Tennessee's territory. Any score here seals the cover. They get all the way down to the Tennessee 26, but then back-to-back penalties, they end up punting from the 32 yard line oh my god but then they down it to four so now tennessee oh. has to go 96 yards in three minutes to beat us that's a win uh, yeah this team hasn't gained 220 yards all game now they need 96 in three minutes to do it so they have to increase their total yards by 33 percent to beat us it gets down to fourth and ten uh second fourth down by the way on the drive they already converted one <laughs> second fourth down fourth and ten at the 22. And Florida gives up a go route with 11 seconds on the clock to lose us the backdoor fuck us in the ass cover. Oh, that's are you fucking kidding me? Number one of the weekend. That's that's a good start. I'm already pissed. Go ahead. Oh, it gets better. We had Houston plus five and a half versus uh. Indy. We said it would come down to who had the ball last. We said it right here on the podcast. And guess what it did? Just not quite how we meant it. So Watson had the ball, second and goal at the two. There's a minute and 28 left in this game. The announcers are literally saying, <laughs> Indy should just let them score. Because that way they get the ball back. They're only up by one. They can go down and kick the field goal and still win the game. Which is the right, Pro- which is the right, probably the right play. It probably is. And maybe Indy was about to do it. We'll never know because somehow <laughs> Watson fumbles a shotgun snap. And Indy recovers it. Houston has no timeouts. We lose by half a fucking point on the five-yard line. I mean, I just... I, I, I literally had to walk out of the room when that happened. Uh, which rarely... That's not something that we normally do because 
wins and losses come. But that one, I literally had to walk off the sports patio and clear my fucking head. Yeah, well, simultaneously to that (laughs) ass-fucking, there was another ass-fucking going on in New York, which we had the Jets plus nine easily hit. A lot of you guys doubted that pick. We heard from some of you on social media. Guess what? We were right. But where we got fucked was, and this is actually two, this is a twofer. Are you fucking kidding me? And are you fucking kidding me inside of an are you fucking kidding me? If you can believe that happened. Kind of like a double penetration. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But I gave out the Jets on the money line. In other words, to win the game, their first game of the year, as the last leg of the Pizza Money Parlay, which played 30 to 1. And guess what? We were down to the last leg. Mm. And the Jets had the game won. There are 19 seconds left. The Raiders have zero timeouts. They are at the Jets' 46-yard line. They have to have a touchdown. So 46 yards to go in 19 seconds, zero timeouts. Half the score for me to lose this money line parlay. Greg Williams calls a cover zero blitz. Naturally. Aguilar. So here's where the are you fucking kidding me inside the are you fucking kidding me happens. Nelson Aguilar, who my buddy gave out as his prop bet over, what was the yardage on that Longhorn? Uh, I believe it was off memory third. Uh, oh my God. I should have looked this up because I knew you were going to talk about it. I, I want to say it's 30. Let's just call it 37. 37 yards. Something like that. 39, 37. So he was just under that at this point. He runs wide open, streaking down the middle of the field, you know, because it's a cover fucking zero blitz. Mm-hmm. And Carr misses him for the touchdown, which has been 46 yards, which would hit your player prop bet, right? Oh, yeah. oh Fuck me, but, but paid you. But he missed him. Thank God for me, he missed him. <laughs> uh, but then there's 13 seconds left. Still no timeouts. Still need 46 yards with no timeouts in 13 seconds. Greg Williams calls the cover zero blitz again. And Ruggs beats the corner on a nine route. And with five seconds left on the clock, I went from winning $300 to losing 10 bucks. Which, you know what? <laughs> At the end of the day, Longhorn, it's $10. And I'd like, to think, I'd like to think I'd get over it, you know? I'd like to think I'd get over it, but no. you know what? I'm not fucking over it. I'm not fucking over it. God fucking damn it. What a terrible fucking beat. And that asshole got fucking fired. And I think I got I got my own conspiracy theory about it, but so somebody did this research. I don't know why they did it, but it pissed me off even more. So Longhorn, in that situation, certain down and distance, whatever, similar situation, they did the research. It's been 256 of those scenarios. How many times do you think the cover zero blitz has been called and 256 times in the history of the goddamn National Football League in that scenario? Yeah, I saw this. I think it was zero off memory. Yeah, well, it's two now. It's two now. Oh, that's right. These two. Yeah, yeah, these fucking two. <laughs> Greg Williams, I fucking hate you, you piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my God, I fucking hate you. I wish we had, like, a uh, more time to talk. Like, this could be a whole segment, you know, just into that. Just into that decision and was it tanking was it not you know who knew about it who didn't know about it i mean we could go on and on about that but yeah it was just uh that's that's how our weekend went guys and look they come and they come and go wins and losses you know when you write them down in your notebook and you're keeping track they're all the same on paper but they sure as fuck are not same when you're watching the game 
All right, boys and girls, it's time for your favorite part of the show. It is time to go over all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! And Longhorn, this week we're going to start in Detroit with your Lions. A little less heavy Lions these days. They're, they're, their team plane's traveling a little lighter. I don't know why. Anyway, they are <laughs> catching 7.5 points at home versus those Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and you know what? We talked just a quick second here before we get started. Like We talked last week about, or I did, about how I wasn't seeing the games very well Um you know, I just didn't get a good feel, and you know, it, it kind of showed in in the in the record. We only went two and three uh, in the contest, and it's it was always going to be a two or three, three and two type weekend last week. But I fucking love this week. I know you do. I know we feel great about this week. So cannot wait to get to Sunday and pick up some of these wins. Uh, now, Green Bay and Detroit. This happens to be a game that I like. It's just too many points here in a division matchup uh, to be given to Detroit at home. I know they're dealing with some of their injuries still, but at this point, I mean, good God. I mean, Galladay's been out more than he's been in, way more than he's been in this, this year. So, I, you know, Stafford seems to be adjusting to life without Galladay uh, recently. So, and, and look, last week Green Bay needed a, a late, basically 80-yard touchdown run by, by running back Aaron Jones to get that cover at home against Philly. So, you know, now on the road versus Detroit, uh, laying another big number. There's no motivation, really, for Green Bay to win big. Um, and Stafford and Stafford and Detroit are still, believe it or not, in the playoff wildcard spot, that last spot pitcher. So you are going to actually get max motivation from them. Um, since the coach has been fired, there's obviously been an uptick in, in, you know, team morale. They will not win this game because, you know, they're Detroit. Uh, but I, at home, I do lean to Detroit with this monster number. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'll lean with you. That I mean, Stafford, like you said, he put up 400 yards last week against the Chicago defense that, uh, against the pass, is the 11th DVOA pass defense in the NFL. So no slouch. Green Bay's 18th. So I don't think that they're going to be able to stop him from throwing the ball again. Like you said, he is making strides, looking better. It took him a little while to get off the turf uh, last week, but once they did and they got started in that game, uh, really, really good result there. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like you said, where is their motivation? And sometimes when he's not motivated, or you, we all know this about Aaron Rodgers, if he's not the front runner in a game, look the fuck out because it could be a long Sunday for Green Bay if they don't get off to a really good start. And even if they do, we got the 7.5 on the back end to uh hit the back door so you know yep. what god damn it let's get us one of these back door covers that's what it comes down to how about that shit sounds good to me let's do it all right moving on to jacksonville well my jaguars which again <sighs> last year or last week covered another fucking spread they're getting seven and a half points at home versus those tennessee won us money yet again titans yeah, we. I mean, God, uh, this is going to be a theme. I'm going to keep saying at the beginning of all these handicaps, man, I love this game, love this game. And, and uh, you know, that's not always the case. You know, it's usually very, very hard to find some wins. Uh, but this is just another one. It's just easy handicap for me. Jacksonville has been flirting, flirting with a win 
week after week for quite a while now. Um, you know, and, and in this division game, in the heat of Jacksonville, they're not going to get the win here. Um, but I can't go against those fat and, uh, fighting those those fighting Jags uh, at home here. <laughs> Tennessee is just not the type of team that you can lay a huge number uh, with. And even at home with the same game earlier in the season, Tennessee at home, they, they, they couldn't put away Jacksonville in that game. So Tennessee's not playing as well as they were earlier in the season. And Jacksonville has proven that they are what they are at this point, which is a team that's going to stay and fight in every game. So out, over a touchdown at home in division, I got to lean Jaguars here with that big number. Just no, no doubt about it. No doubt. Yeah, and the total being at fifty-two, that tells you right there. Vegas expects a lot of points to be scored, so seven and a half, they're going to blow them out. Like you said, that's not what Tennessee does, right? They try to run the ball. That's the way they get their margin. And you're not just going to run all over Jacksonville and get them run out of a game. That's not what they do. They're going to keep fighting, like you said, and. Tennessee did make a comeback in our Cle- which we had Cleveland uh, on that one last week, I believe. Didn't you hit the sounder on that? I did. Yeah. Sounder went on Cleveland, and that game was over at halftime. Cleveland did let them come back, but, you know, yeah, well. that's because they were up by 35 yeah. points, of course. That happens. It does happen. All right, moving on to Cincinnati, where those Bengals, and I'm just going to guess where this game's going, those Bengals are three-and-a-half-point home dogs So those Dallas Cowboys. Well, Bo Cephas, uh, we have a couple of staples to uh, to announce in this game. Number one, we have a new league record for a individual team getting the Hello Corner <laughs> TV game. Dallas Cowboys, you have just broke the single season record for for a team getting the Hello Corner mm. TV game in one season. In season, amazing, amazing. Other than that, this is a very gross game. There, there are draft implications at stake here. Dallas could actually sneak into the top three of the draft, uh, but to do so, losing this game is absolutely a must. Um, it might be asking too much for Dallas to be just a little bit more shitty than this shitty Cincinnati team. Um, you do have Andy Dalton returning back to the, you know, the place where he had relative success which means cincinnati type success uh, which is you know occasionally you sneak into the playoffs um i am going to lean however to cincinnati in the points here and since we're having fun and since neither one of these teams are very good and cincinnati cincinnati's at home i'm going to hit that sound this is the first of three sounders this week i am taking cincinnati to win this game uh, just I, I don't like what I'm seeing from Dallas. They are just a they're a team that's not very good, not don't appear to be well coached specifically on defense at all. They have no clue what they're doing over there. They don't have the talent anyways. To, so no talent and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, give me give me Cincinnati at home here. Um, take the points for sure. And uh, but I like them to win the game. And like the rest of the world, I won't be watching. Yeah, one note on that real quick is uh, Dallas-San Francisco next week was supposed to be the Sunday night <laughs> football game. Uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers are probably the two biggest staples pre-Brady Patriots, if we're being honest, in the entire NFL other than probably the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's probably the three, maybe, maybe the Oakland Raiders back in the day. 
probably the three, four teams that it's just must watch TV every year or every week, you know, mm-hmm. coast to coast. Yeah, those two teams, the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco, flexed for the Cleveland Browns versus the New York Giants. Oh, the New York Giants are a big brand. They're not a very good football team. And the Cleveland Browns are the fucking Cleveland goddamn Browns. That's how bad it's gotten in Dallas. Now, to your handicap, here's what the numbers say. They aren't split. However, if you look with all the season total numbers, and this is what Burrow in there, so you have to take you have to take into account that. Cincinnati should actually be about a two point favorite here mm-hmm. in this game. Now, how much of a downgrade is Burrow to whatever the fuck they're throwing out there? You know, that's up for debate, but is it five and a half points? I mean, maybe, maybe. but maybe. maybe. But that's still, you're still right on, which what, which is why it came up to be a coin flip. But you're right on the cover line, basically. Yeah. So I think it is a 50-50 game either way. If it's a 50-50 game, two terrible teams, you know, motivation's got to be one of the factors. Dallas looks like they play with, and, and, and in fact, McCarthy called out their effort on their defense this last week. Which, how could you not giving up 300 fucking yards to a team that you knew? They had 12 days to prepare for that game, knowing Baltimore can only run the ball because Lamar can't throw. And you gave up 300 yards on the ground to a team that you knew was going to line up and run the ball. It, yeah. I mean, coaching, effort, it, it's all just a shit bag right now in Dallas. And I don't know what the fuck they're doing or what what they're even looking for yeah but how are you gonna call out and he's right like the effort is not good i agree the effort is shit but it's also if you watch the game they don't know what they're doing it's so at the same time you're calling out the players for effort you better call out the coaching staff for coaching uh including himself like it's just and let's not even pretend to um to say that or, or not say that dallas is the far more actual talented team um, but that actually works against them to me in this game because you have when you have players that are talented and good but not playing well, they're they're far more likely and not going anywhere. And the season's clearly already over. They're far more likely to quit on you than than take take a Cincinnati team who is not as talented. These are players that are still fighting for roster spots, fighting for starting spots, even though they're not as talented as Dallas. Clearly, they're. They're, they're going to have more fight in them than a much more talented team that knows they're not going anywhere. So, man, just uh, everything points to Cincy in this game. Could blow up because, like you said, Dallas is, is a more talented team, and if they do want to win and cover this game, they probably will. But, nah, give me Cincy. And last note on that, remember, talking about draft uh, spots, Cincy's got their quarterback. Right. They don't have to they be in the top three. They don't care. They're going to be there. They won two games. They're going to be in the top five no matter what. They don't give a shit. Three, five doesn't matter. They're going to get a great player or have a chance to get a great player. <laughs> so they've got all the motivation in the world to go win this football game for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Those aforementioned New York football giants are at home and they're laying, or sorry, they're catching two and a half points to the circus midget comes to town from Arizona. Yeah, the midget is coming to the big city. Look, I've talked on here about last two weeks, I believe, about Kyler's shoulder not being right, and you know, I'm I'm not sure if it is completely, you know, a hundred percent right or not. Um, but listen, the more concerning thing, what's going on with Kyler, 
and his lack of success lately is the is his performance against the blitz over the and it's kind of a it's kind of something that's spreading around the league and if it's spreading around the social media it's for sure spreading around the defensive coordinators in the NFL and over the last four games teams are blitzing the circus midget over 40 percent of his drawbacks uh, and his only win in that stretch is the Hail Mary game versus Buffalo so word is out on Kyler whether that has something to do with his shoulder or maybe that's just uh, amplifying that that situation who knows um, but it, it's clearly clearly something that the league has is throwing at him and let's be honest highly successful quarterbacks elite quarterbacks they want you to blitz so this is actually a very concerning uh trend that's going on over the last month to me with kyler because when you blitz the aaron Rodgers and the, and the mahomes they they kill you so this that's that's troubling let's let's see how that plays out but that's troubling to me now buffalo or excuse me um the Giants have been screaming up the power rankings as of late, and they're doing it with a good running game and absolutely fucking great defense. Two things that you can take to the bank every single week. So I do expect the same consistency out of them this week that we've seen over you know the last several weeks from New York. Um, as a matter of fact, most Eagles, let's hit that sounder one more time here. I am picking New York to win this game. Uh, the quarterback situation from New York does not matter to me at all. This team wins with defense and ball control, and all Coach Bro does is lose the majority of his games to finish the season, and that, that goes all the way back to his days at Texas Tech before he failed up to the NFL. Give me New York to win this game. Take the points. You won't need them. What do you got? Yeah, man, I like that sounder there. Uh, the numbers are coin flip here, but – to your point, the collar thing, whether it's his shoulder or not, you know, we talked about a stat on here last, maybe a couple weeks ago, where there's there's a stat basically where if Kyler Murray doesn't run for more than uh, 30, 35 or 40 yards, Something like that. he's basically like 1 in 10 mm. or whatever, which that is a referendum to me. As a young quarterback, I expect him to run. I mean, that's one of the best parts of his game. I don't think it's as much a reference. I mean, he's not seeing the field, obviously. But, you know, a lot of young guys don't. To me, that's more of a referendum on Coach Bro's coaching. Because to your point, and I talked about this today on The Degenerate, he's the only coach, the only coach at Texas Tech since 1984 <laughs> to leave Texas Tech for his whole tenure, not a season, but his entire tenure without a winning record. Even Tommy Tuberville, which every tech tard, you know, considers that to be the, like the low point of their, you know, whatever, however low you want your low point to be. Right. They consider that their low point. And I'm like, dude, Coach Bro did not have a winning record. Tommy Tuberville did. And Coach Bro did not have a winning record, record with, he had uh, Baker Mayfield for one season and, Baker Mayfield won the, I think they, they call it the newcomer of the year, basically like freshman of the year, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he had a great freshman season at Tech. He had that. And then he had Patrick fucking Mahomes mm-hmm. for his entire career. And Longhorn, I know, obviously you're a Big 12 fan, but it's a pillow fight conference, let's be honest. They don't hey. play a lot of defense. 
Let's Shut be honest. <laughs> but he had that dude that can throw the ball anywhere he wants to and couldn't win with that guy in a league that only basically plays offense, and yet you still have a losing record. But somehow, because he's very good-looking, and she is a very good-looking man, he's charismatic, he's cool, he's this, he's that, somehow he fails up to get a head coaching job, and somehow they conned everyone into thinking he's going to do a great job with a quarterback that had one year, basically, of starting experience in college and is very physically limited, not athletically, so to speak, but definitely height-wise, and he's not seeing the field, and they're not being successful on offense, and now they're fading quick. And do you remember when Kyler Murray was like one of the, it was him and Russell Wilson were the favorites <laughs> for the MVP. They yeah. were literally the odds-on favorites. Like, whoo, boy. You know, I should have wrote all this down. It was a, it was an amazing trend that I, that I uh, stumbled upon. But it's a great trick that Coach Bro is, is pulling off. And like I said, this goes back to his days at Tech. If you look at his last – I mean, the, the trend was like his last five out of six, he loses. Four out of last four out of five games, he loses. Last seven out of eight games, he loses. Like this, this is all his years in Arizona, and and the last couple years at Texas Tech. Like this is his mo. You you win in the beginning, so people are like, oh man, okay, they got it going, but then you you lose at the end. But you know how it goes at the end of seasons. Like people write them off, like ah, you know, they weren't that good anyways. But the narrative was built at the beginning of the season. It's like, oh, they're, look at that. They're pretty good. They're scoring all these points. They got it going. And just people forget about all the losing that, that happens at the end of the year. And it's it's like clockwork, man. He lo- he loses all his games at the end of the, every damn season. So, yeah, give me New York. Yeah, to update that stat now that I have it in front of me, the Cardinals are now 1-10-1 in the last two seasons when Kyler Murray's held under 30 yards rushing and now 0 0- Six and one, he's under twenty, which he was last Sunday. So, yeah, if he's not healthy and he's not running, they ain't working. And I love that sounder. All right, yeah. moving on. Those Chicago Bears, they're still letting them play football up there for some reason. But anyway, mm-hmm. they are hosting the Houston Texans. God damn it! And they are yeah. one and a half point home dogs. Hmm, one and a half point home dogs now. All right, that's that's moved a little bit, but. It's actually moving in the way of my handicap, so I'm okay with that. This is, this was actually a, a pretty simple handicap for me, to be honest. Um, Chicago, and, and you touched on it earlier about all the points they gave up to Detroit. That's kind of been a trend for them <laughs> recently with that Chicago defense. I mean, we know they were an amazing defense for most of the year, but you can't continuously ask your defense to carry a big bag of shit on offense for the entire year. At some point, they're going to mail his it. His name is pronounced Mitch, but go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a big bag, big bag of Mitch shit. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but the, the bottom line is that's that. Look, football's fucking hard, man, and specifically defense. Defense is all about effort and desire and sticking your fucking nose in there when it hurts all the time. And I'm sorry, you can't ask a dominant defense to continue to be dominant and lose ball games because the offense just can't show up and Chicago you know they've clearly melded in on defense and what you what happens when you got (laughs) when you got a team that's melded in on defense and has zero talent and coaching ability on offense well you got a fucking horrible team on your hands and um 
You know, on top of that, the quarterback discrepancy in this game is absolutely jarring. Watson is playing some of his best quarterback as a pro uh, to date. Um, and let's not forget, let's not forget a little X factor here in this game. And this is a horrible handicapping uh, thing to bring up. It really has it has zero bearing on the actual game, but it's just something to to think about. Chicago traded up to get Trubisky, and they traded up and passed on Watson and Mahomes. And we talked about it on draft night. The look in Trubisky's eyes when they called, traded up, and then called his name. The look in his face when he was sheepishly walking up on that stage and 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 shaking Goodell's hand was like, uh, "Did they just did they just trade up to take me over over the guy that just beat Alabama and the, the championship?" Like, he knows he's not good, okay, and he knows that he's going up against the far better quarterback in this game. And again, like I said, that's a bunch of bullshit fodder. You know, just to just to just to talk about, it's not gonna have any factor in the actual game. That's what we got the numbers for. But let's not forget that Trubisky's gonna know that he ain't the man, uh, and that guy across the field is the man. This is an easy call for me. Give me Houston in this game. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, though, nobody was talking about Mahomes. Like, no, I get it. I get Andy it. Reed I for get trading it. up to get Mahomes because Coach Rowe did such a bad job of coaching that kid that. Nobody even wanted him, but the Watson pick was like he was clearly the fucking guy. He was clearly the guy in that whatever you thought about Watson doesn't matter. He was clearly the dude in that draft without a fucking doubt. Yep. Uh, now turns out obviously that Mahomes might be the greatest quarterback to ever fucking walk the earth, but you know that's that's beyond the fact that that what the decision was Trubisky over uh, mm-hmm. Watson, and that was a terrible one. Here's one thing about this game, you know. The Mitch was wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible last week. He seven point nine yards per attempt. But the thing about Chicago is they can't run the ball. And you might think, well, Houston's not very good against the run. They've got the twenty seventh rush DVOA defense, and that's great. But Detroit had the twenty sixth, so just barely a notch above them, and they still lost the game. So if Chicago can't run the ball and take some pressure off Trubisky, you know it's going to be a long day for him. And at this point. Like I said, Watson should have. They should have won that game last week. He's playing the best football of his career. The only thing that I can think that would derail your handicap here is if Chicago does get that running game going somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of faith, but if they do, uh, they could beat Houston in this matchup. But this is not a game. I'm just gonna be honest. This is not a game I'm gonna tune into at all because, God, it's gross. <laughs> yep. All right, moving on. Those Carolina Panthers are hosting the Denver Broncos. Are three and a half point home favorites. Uh, th- this is off. This has been off the book for for me uh, most of the week. I don't really have anything on this because of the COVID situation. I mean, what Carolina is minus three and a half at home. Minus three and a half at home consensus right now. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really do anything on this one to be honest because of the uh, the the COVID issues with it. I mean, what do, what do you got on it? I mean. I'll think it about li- it. I'll have to think about it when you do yours. And I mean, I don't have anything. It's, it's literally a zero delta per our numbers, so it was a no call all the way around, which I'm happy with because at this point, you know, I don't really want to watch either one of these teams play football anymore. Um, 
So I'm good with the fact that we're not going to have money on this game. Uh, I'm guessing because would, of uh, McCaffrey in and out, in or out with, with his injury is why the line was off. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't think just because of a rhyme. He hasn't played most of the year. It's up. So the only books I don't see it up at, the Nugget doesn't have it and Wynn doesn't have it. But Bet GM's three and a half. Uh, Sports Betting's three. William Hill's three and a half. DraftKings three and a half. Circus Sports got it at three. Like I say, consensus three and a half. It started at four, so it's come down a little bit. I guess that would be the McCaffrey bump down for half a point, which, again, you could say he's a half-point player, which I think that that's right, and he is. But at this point, they haven't had him most of the year. So what you've got from Carolina baked into the data is baked into the data. So I don't understand, to be honest with you, the adjustment really a whole lot there. But, again, it's a zero-point delta per our number. So I mean, it, it's, it's a- definitely a coin flip, and if, if you want to bet this game – I'd say good luck to you. It's a gross game anyways. Like, I mean, I couldn't find a line when I was actually digging into it. And I was like, well, you know what? Goddamn, we got like 15 games to break down. Let's have a nice, easy skip here. All right, moving on. Those Tampa Brady Buccaneers are back in action, baby. And they're laying six and a half points. Those Minnesota Vikings. Yep, back in action off of that bye. Late season bye. Jesus Christ, it feels late to have a bye. Um, Look. If Minnesota is going to cover this game here, it will absolutely have to be a high-scoring game. When I dug into the numbers on this one, everything pointed to, unfortunately, Kirk Cousins uh, having to do his thing to get them. I mean, obviously, they want to win, but, you know, for us, just to get the cover. uh, Minnesota has a poor pass rush, and Tom Brady, (laughs) I mean, you give Tom Brady time, with those weapons he has, he is. they are going to put up points. Like, absolutely. Coming off a bye, uh, Tampa is absolutely going to put up points in this game. Now, Tampa Bay defense has not been very good lately, uh, specifically against the pass. Uh, and they're, they're definitely not the team, not the defense anyways, that they were at the beginning of the season. The Rams and Kansas City, the last two games they played, kind of had their way with this Tampa Bay defense, specifically in the secondary. Um, since week eight, as a matter of fact, Tampa Bay is the 28th-ranked uh, uh, defensive pass efficiency defense. So, uh, like I said, this this game for Minnesota falls squarely on Kirk Cousins. Um, Tampa Bay will have some success slowing down Dalvin Cook in the rushing game. So, um Minnesota is a, is smart, and they come out and they they get aggressive in the passing game. They 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 run play action on first down, take some shots uh, against that Tampa Bay defense, like Kansas City and L.A. did. Um, get that early lead. I do look for them to land safely in that cover if they play it conservative. However, and they try to run into that you know run into that strength of that Tampa Bay defense. Uh, you know, coming off a of bye, Tampa Bay could could um, could get that cover, but I can only lean to Minnesota here. I think that with the smart coach, they will do the right thing, open that playbook up, and attack that Tampa Bay defense, uh, that Tampa Bay secondary, and get that cover. Um, I'm gonna lean to Minnesota. Bosevas, what do you got? Yeah, I lean with you. And to your point, it opened at 45 and a half. The, the total is now 52 and a half. Oh, okay, yeah. So huge jump whole touchdown up so vegas is with you i'm with you on that too and i think like you said yeah they're coming off a bye but here's the thing they're not coming off the bye with belichick in which you know <laughs> having the greatest coach of all time with the bye or andy Reid, somebody like that 
They're coming off a bye with a coach that takes a bye when he's not even on a bye, right? The guy doesn't fucking work very hard. He doesn't coach very hard. So it's basically up to Tom to try to will this team along. It's not a very good marriage. It's obvious at this point at Tampa Bay, they're, they've definitely far under-exceeded my expectations for this team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of people's too. They're not going to win the division at this point. They already know they're baked on that. So mathematically, it's still possible, obviously. But, you know, odds-wise, it's a pretty hefty fucking lift at this point. Now, I do think they win the game, but I think this game is tight. I think Minnesota keeps it close. And I do think they cover. Zimmer, we all talk about all the time, other than Belichick, he is the best coach in the NFL at covering spreads. They've lost two in a row against the spread. And again, this is noontime cousins. So I think they get some redemption here versus the number at least. All right. All right, moving on. Those Miami Dolphins are down home, and they are catching seven points versus the world champion. But kind of floundering, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, again, like I didn't struggle at all this week with these games. Like, how can you not love Miami here? I just, I don't know how you can't. Um, you know, Kansas City's strength is going right up against Miami's strength in this game. Like, Miami is an incredible secondary, incredible defense, you know, for the most part overall, but specifically against what Kansas City likes to do the most. Um, it'll be hot and muggy in Miami, and this time of the year, that can be a factor you know, late in the game for, for a Kansas City team that likes to get those get those sprinters out there, you know, running those uh, running those those nine routes. Like, I mean, that, late in the game, that could be a factor. Now, we've said all year that Kansas City likes to sleepwalk in these games and do just enough to win. Um, so, the, you know, they did it last week. They did it last week against, against Denver. Like, this is kind of just their MO, and they are what they are at this point. Um, now, next week, Kansas City plays New Orleans. That will be a Super Bowl preview, more than likely. Uh, so it's just a perfect little spot here for Miami to play them close. I'm not going to be surprised at all if this is a very close game with Miami coming down to the last position with a chance to win. Um, last thing, and I'll send it to you, uh, KC is a is a great offense, and there's no denying that. They are absolutely a great offense with a great offensive mind and a great the greatest quarterback in the league. Um, however... However, they are only 24th in red zone touchdown success rate. And that that stems to their issues running the ball because teams that are really great at touchdown red zone touchdown success rate success rate are teams that are great at running the ball inside that red zone inside the 10 and 5 yard line, which would explain why they're only 24th. That is still shocking though to be 24th with that passing attack that they have, um, you know, Maybe it's an, an anomaly. I don't know, but it's something to keep an eye on. I will, however, lean, lean to Miami here with that big number at home. Yeah, not only is it shocking they're 24th in the red zone, but it's really shocking since they lead the league in scoring. I know. And they're 24th in the red zone, but that's because all of their touchdowns come on long fucking plays. And to your point, Miami is top 10 DVOA pass defense. That's because they've got a badass fucking secondary, and Brian Flores can flat-out fucking coach football. And we've been mm-hmm. telling you about this guy, and I went back and forth a little bit on Twitter about Jesse Holly about him because he was talking about how Bill Belichick's disciples don't ever do any good. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you know, that's true for the most part, but, you know, take a look at Brian Flores, and he's like, oh, Brian Flores has got a losing record. And I was like, oh, yeah, but on. in the last 
11 games, he's like eight and three or no, of the last two seasons. He, I mean, he has a, a huge winning record of the last two. Like that's, that's how you recognize trend lines below market value. And that's how you get the advantage, whether it be in football, stock market, whatever, you got to look at those underlying numbers and underlying trends that nobody else is paying attention to. That dude has done nothing but win football games since, you know, Thanksgiving of last year. Period. That's they've done no, they've done nothing but win football games. That's so lazy. Oh, he's got a losing record. That's like as lazy as people saying, "Ah, Tebow wins." I mean, I mean, he wins. Like that's just lazy. Look at that. Like read into it. Look, dig deeper. Yeah. So I love the pick there. Love love your lean there with Miami and the seven. All right, moving on. Our Las Vegas Raiders are at home and they're catching three points versus those. Indianapolis, you lucky motherfucking Colts. <sighs> yeah. All right. So, Indy is a top 10 uh, rush defense in just about any metric that you, that you look up. And actually, I, I, I today I heard that Jacobs might play. Um, so, that I wrote this handicap a day or two ago. So, this might change my handicap a little bit because I did hear that Jacobs might actually play and that Trent Brown their uh, awesome tackle might play. So, you know, I'm just going to read what I got. It, it, just know that, you know, with two awesome players coming back, that could absolutely change this handicap. Um, what I did write, though, is that with Jacobs out, that might force Gruden to open up his playbook and take some shots, um, you know, in the passing game. And it, and, and this indie defense is turning in the wrong d- direction, specifically against the pass. So opening up and attacking this indie secondary, you know, since since Jacobs might be out, would actually do them do Vegas better. Um, so that that was kind of the way I was leaning this because if you're gonna is it, we all know Gruden likes to pound that rock and and, and run that ball. And it's, it's exactly what he did last week against the Jets, which is exactly what, you know, got them in trouble and almost cost them the game. Um, so I I would normally expect him to open it up and, and attack the weakness in this Indy defense and not just pound his head against the that brick wall rush defense for Indy because if he does that, that's going to be a problem. Um, so we'll see how those injury situations work out for, for Vegas. Now, on the other side of the ball, Indy is going to be without not only their starting left tackle, but their backup left tackle also. Chaz Green is going to be the starting left tackle for the Indianapolis mm. Colts with a statue of a quarterback in Old Man Rivers. However, you know, the, the whole the whole time I was wanting to build up to hit the sounder here for Vegas, but I just cannot do it. Uh, uh, you, you know, everything that I dig into, there's too much – advantage situations for for the indie offense versus the vegas defense um i mean we saw last week the fucking lowly jets had their way uh at times with with this um vegas defense and and the times they didn't have their way against the vegas defense it was because the jets got in their own way it wasn't because of anything that the vegas defense was doing i will lean to vegas with the points here at home, but that's as far as I can go. Um, I can't hit the sounder here, Bo Sebas. What do you got? Yeah, so Indy is 11th overall rush DVOA defense, which our handicap we gave you last week on the Jets versus Vegas was anybody in the top 10 they played deep rush DVOA has basically given them problems or given fits and beat them, covered, whatever. 
So they're just outside of that. But if you watch the game, which I did watch intently, uh, obviously because it was the last leg of my parlay, mm-hmm. Vegas really did kind of adjust. Like they only really ran to keep them honest because they knew, Gruden knew going in, they were not going to be able to run the football. So they did throw it quite a bit. Uh, more than they're usually accustomed to. And Carr played pretty well. He had the one bad interception. Other than that, though, you know, he actually did play pretty good football. Uh, Look at his numbers now. I mean, he threw for 381. He attempted 47 passes. That right there tells you. Yeah. They threw it a lot more than they were. So that was the game plan going in. I expected what you were saying. They're going to do, I mean, Gruden's a smart coach. He's going to do the same type of thing. Carr threw for 381 yards, 8.1 yards per attempt. I mean, he crushed it. He had three touchdowns. Obviously, the last one was bullshit, but whatever. But he did have mm-hmm. the one bad pick. If he can avoid the turnover, which he's been very good at this season, I think that they do probably beat Indy in this game. Indy's ripe for the picking, man. They are ripe for the picking. They're not quite as good as their record. Uh, Vegas has Tennessee uh, favored to win this division. They're both 8-4 and four right now. It's a 60-40 if you look at the odds between uh, Tennessee and Indy. And I think this is one of the games that uh, Vegas honestly is expecting them to probably go and lose. So yep. I love your pick here, and you know what? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't disagree with you. You would have hit the sounder. That they are going to have to. Carr's going to have to score 30, 33 points to, for them to win this game. Like it, they're going to have to really put up some points to win this game because Indy, Indy's going to score a lot of points. Yeah, and the total's fifty and a half or fifty-one in some places. So yeah. again, it's a, it's all baked in there. So. But I, I do think that Vegas is thinking in in the – if you look at their schedule, this is going to have to be one of those games they lose if they're really favoring Tennessee that that much to go win this division because their schedule's pretty similar down the stretch. Yep. All right, moving on to Seattle. Were those Jets, those J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Fucked me so hard last week, but did win this money overall. Uh, they're catching 13 and a half points going to Seattle. That's a mm. lot. That is a lot of points, and those Jets are absolutely been cover machines for us. We keep winning on these boys, and I'm going to lean their way again. I'm going to try to start making these handicaps quicker because we are pushing time limits here. Uh, just a huge fucking number, and Seattle has not looked good at all for about a month. Um, Seattle, I think, I think Seattle will try to establish the run here and get back to basics. Um, with Wilson struggling as of late. Um, and that plays right into the strength of the Jets defense, which is their rush defense. Um, basically the same handicap we had last week versus Vegas. Copy and paste it. Um, <clears throat> now Seattle has – they do have a better defense than Vegas. There's, you know, there's no doubt about that, especially as of late. They're trending up. Uh, but the number is also much higher. It's 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 13 and a half, like you said. I'm going to lean into those profitable – Profitable Jets for us, uh, and uh, take those points. What do you got? Yep, you can get it 14, actually, at WinBet and Circus Sports. Everywhere else in town, it's 13 and a half. And Russell Wilson letting Russ cook. That motherfucker has burnt the goddamn brownies every time they did, so they're trying to get back to running <laughs> that ball, baby. Moving on. The L.A. Chargers are at home. They're catching two and a half versus those Atlanta Falcons. Oh, man. You know, where where do I find the motivation in this game, Bocebus? I mean, where, first of all, let me start here because we haven't talked about this game. What What's the power rankings? What <clears throat> Power rankings, what do they say in this game? Yeah, let me see. It says it's a 
it's a split on the numbers, but our power rankings say that the Chargers should be a pickle. So we're getting two and a half point delta here. <sighs> see, the power rankings. Okay, and see, and my first, my first, you know, lean on this when I first got into it is I wanted to hit the sounder on this and I wanted to take the Chargers, but you know, I, where is the motivation? Because it, to me, Atlanta has all the motivation in this game. They they have a coach that's playing for a uh, you know. A, a new or you know coaching for a new coaching job whether it's there or somewhere else and we all know that the chargers you know they they got a lame duck coach walking um so in a game that's the, the neither one of them are going to make the playoffs you've got one coach that knows he's out another coach that's fighting for his coaching life man i wanted to hit the sounder because i you know i, I, I like to give these sounders to people but motivation is such a big part of the NFL specifically this late in the year when you have two teams with you know basically nothing to play for it's going to come down and and basically relatively close teams you know uh, you know a point here or there I, I've got to lean a land I, I can't I can't roll with a team with a with a coach like that and a team that seems like based on last week that they may have quit on this guy too yeah the only thing I'll add on that is that it was a pick on the look-ahead line, so it, was, it would have been a zero-point delta uh, part of the power rankings. It moved to two-and-a-half because of that just ass-whipping that the Chargers took from the hands of the Patriots, who got their ass-whipped tonight by a better team in the Rams. <laughs> uh, yeah. I th- it feels like a little bit too much knee-jerk reaction. The only thing I'll say is if there's a quit factor with Lynn, nothing, no amount of algorithms, numbers, nothing trumps quit, nothing. Nope. Absolutely. Like you said, football's real hard. So I'm really glad that we're passing on this game. Mm-hmm. I want to see how much how much they really want to come out and play for Coach Lynn. If they come out and lay down to this Atlanta team that is not by any stretch of the imagination a good football team, they should not be they should not be laying points to any team on the fucking road at all. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. It, it, it's gonna be a very telling game. I agree. All right, moving on. To Philadelphia, those goddamn dirty Eagles. They are hosting New Orleans Saints, and they are now down to a consensus six and a half point home dog. Yeah, and I'm so I'm so glad Philly is playing. <clears throat> so uh, playing the kid here hurts, um, and it's not because I think he's going to be, you know, like a great quarterback or anything. Because I don't I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback. But as you saw last week, the team absolutely is ready to respond to anything anything different from Carson Wentz they are they are done with his big bag of 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 bullshit that he's been throwing out there for for the you know for quite a while now um and as I've talked in the past you can absolutely count on that Philly defense to do its thing and if it weren't for that busted run at the end of the Green Bay game last week we were easily in that cover and, and and cash another ticket. Just part of the, just part of the theme of the. Um, I could have put that in the. Are yeah, you fucking kidding it was me, another are you fucking. Yep, it, it, that was the theme of the week. <laughs> it was the theme of the week. Um, that's why. That's why I love this week so much because it's going to bounce back. I mean, those things don't just happen two weeks in a row. So, uh, now New Orleans is absolutely playing some of the best defense in the league. There's no other, you know, there, there's no way to slice and dice that. One way to throw a curveball to a great defense, you put a new quarterback in there that they have very little tape on. Um, I, I really like this game. Lots of variance in this game um, because if New Orleans 
does have a good game plan against a, let's face it, not very talented quarterback in Jalen Hurts. They will shut him down, down, and it could get ugly. However, if it goes the other way, and let's face it, you know, Taysom Hill is, is just – he's not a quarterback that's going to blow anybody out. So the back door should be open all day long if, if Hurts can, can you know, show a little bit ability to move the sticks and that team fight – the offensive team fights hard for him. I like the points here. I can see this being a close game. I and you know, just like just like Kansas City has to look ahead to New Orleans next week, New Orleans has to look ahead to Kansas City next week. Um, you know, obviously Philly's not going to win this game, but I do lean to Philly with those points. What do you got? Yep, I lean with you. And here's here's one thing nobody's really talking about. Somebody was like, "Oh, well, you saw what Hurts did. I mean, he he wasn't very good." Now that you know, they kind of see his skill set. Well, yeah, you saw that when they were down by two fucking touchdowns, like. They, he gets to start this game 0-0, and he's got a whole week to have a game plan put in for him. So New Orleans is not going to expect, or not going to know what to expect from this kid, you know, at all. I mean, they could, if if this coach, if he's worth his salt at all in Philly, if, if Peterson's any fucking good, he can easily design a game plan that nobody's ever seen with this kid and do things they have done all all year long. He can use his legs. He's a very good athlete. Mm-hmm. And they can do a lot of things. They're going to catch New Orleans by surprise. Yes. And then you got Taysom Hill playing from behind yep. and playing under pressure, which we haven't seen yet. Actually, we did see it once and he got his doors blown off. So they're, they're, it, it's going to be, if, if they come, if he's any good, if he's any good, they should cover this game. And you might say, well, you know, the numbers with the Carson Wentz, well, that's fine. Carson Wentz has been fucking terrible. So. Yeah. Again, we've said if you have a bad quarterback putting in an unknown or another bad quarterback, there's no variance to that in the numbers. Maybe a little bit, just because you really don't know what the kid's going to do. But Carson Wentz was 6 for 15 for 79 yards last week. Jalen Hurts was 5 for 12. Bad. But he threw for 109 yards and a goddamn touchdown at 9.1 yards a clip. Like, at least he threw the ball down the field. Mate, he's, he's too young. And too inexperienced to be, to have be shell shocked or scared to make him a say. He's not going to be scared. He's going to no. go out there and sling it. He's no, going to run. He's going to do what he's going to do. What he's going to do. To me, it's a free roll because we the numbers were the numbers that are the line that it was at. It was good with Carson Wentz in there, who is playing the worst quarterback in the league. So you got a free roll if 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 Hertz, uh comes in there and plays as bad. As Carson Wentz has been playing, well, the number is still right on the. You still, you know, got, it, yeah. you still got value. Now you, it's a free roll though, because what if he comes in there and plays awesome, or or you know yeah. surprises them with with this and that? So it's an obvious pick to me to take Philly. Um, you know, I, that's the only way I can go. Yep. All right, moving on. Those San Francisco, or should I say Arizona Forty yeah. ers mm-hmm. are in Arizona. They're at home, kinda, <laughs> in the hotel. And they're laying three points again to the Washington football people. Yep, and you're not going to believe this, but I wrote a an entire handicap based on this game being in San Francisco on that sloppy field uh, and reminiscent of the game we won last year, where we uh, we had we had <laughs> we had the skins of red plus ten, and they won the game, or San Francisco won the game nine to nothing, and we fucking nailed that game. However. I was reminded uh, that this game's not in San Francisco because California is stupid, and um, 
So, scratch. I, I literally, both savers. I don't have anything else to talk about because I wrote my whole handicap wrapped around that, wrapped around the fact that I loved the under in this game because on a sloppy field in a historically under field in San Francisco and these two teams, I loved the under. Scrap all that shit. So, um, I hope you got something over there to fill this, uh, fill this uh, handicap. Well, the under is 43, which seems a little low to me, to be honest with you. But just from the power ranking perspective, now the numbers are split on this one. But from our strictly power rankings, San Francisco on a neutral field, which this is a neutral field. You could give, I guess, a half a point to Washington just for having to travel. Maybe even a point, whatever. But on a neutral field, there, San Francisco is a half a point better than Washington. So give them a full point, make it a point and a half. You're still going to point and a half value the Delta here to Washington. Uh, Washington has all the mo- talking about motivation. Yeah. I mean, San Francisco has an outside chance, but it's a very outside. Washington can literally, they are, a, a, I think it's 65-45 between the Giants and Washington right now to win this division. They can literally win the NFC East. And by the Pythagorean theorem that I put together today for the third quarter, they're actually projected to win eight games, or sorry, seven games, and or yeah, no, eight games, and the Giants are only projected to win seven. So the hmm. numbers will tell you that Washington's going to win several of these football games, and if they're going to win several of them, this one's going to have to be one of them. So they've got all the motivation, and they've got the power rankings behind them. I'd have to lean Washington catching these three right here. Yeah, let's do it. All right, moving on. Those Buffalo Bills are hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers that just lost to the Washington football people. And this number is all the way down Longhorn to one and a half Buffalo. Yeah, and there's only two games left. Did you really think that we weren't going to have the world-famous Longhorn Hates Computers game of the week? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Of course this is my Longhorn Hates Computers game. Uh, Third game in 11 days for Pittsburgh. Uh, Just... They're good. They seem to be getting screwed all year in scheduling. I am going to lean to Buffalo. They have started to play much better defense as of late, which was actually predictable with the return of some of their defensive starters, specifically in the secondary. Uh, Bud Dupree, gone for the year. Devin Bush, gone for the year. Those are two massive injuries for Pittsburgh. I'm not sure. Honestly, both teams that we can even consider Pittsburgh an elite defense anymore. Uh, they were hanging on with the loss of Bush in the in, in midseason, but with the loss of Dupree, man, that's a they, they really only have one pass rusher left in TJ, and he's a great one. But uh, you know, you you can kind of handle one. You can give attention and handle one pass rusher. Josh Allen should have his time to pick apart this defense. Long story short, I'm going to lean to Buffalo here, go against the computers, and now it's your chance to tell me how I am wrong and how I am going to lose. You are wrong and you are going to lose and we're going to win. Uh, Pittsburgh was minus two and a half on the look ahead line here. It was at two and a half when we locked it in. Uh, Plus two and a half. So five points. Five points you adjusted from one week. In Remind everybody, what week is, oh, week 14 of the NFL. It's not week two, not week three. Week four, goddamn team. Five fucking points. There's not a player situation. Nothing is worth five points in week 14. This is a complete and utter 
fucking overreaction from the market, from the public, and from you, sir. <laughs> and Pittsburgh's just going to go win the fucking game because they're the much, much, much better fucking football team. Period. All right. All right, moving on. The last game. It's the Monday Night Football game, and it is your Cle- red-hot Cleveland Browns. Mm. And they are hosting those Baltimore Ravens, and they're catching two points at home. Yep, let's make this one quick. Second week in a row. Both defense hit that sounder on those Cleveland Browns. Let's face it, Cleveland is just flat out the better team at this point. I cannot believe that I am fucking even saying that, but I, I truly believe it. Uh, uh Two teams going in two different directions. Cleveland is a team that, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, my God, Baltimore just has Cleveland's number. Well, not always. I mean, Cleveland boat raced this Baltimore team last year early in the season and blew their doors off. So it's not like they – they in Cleveland's mind, they can beat this team and they can, and they can beat them handily. So um, there, there, won't, there won't be a fear factor for Cleveland against big, bad Baltimore. And big, bad Baltimore is not big, bad Baltimore anymore. Uh, one more thing, and I'll throw it to you, Cleveland. Since the OBJ injury is five and one, and that one loss was in that forty mile per hour win against Las Vegas. Just a, I mean, somebody had to win, I guess. It's a throwaway game to me. So they're playing some of their best football. Baltimore is not playing their best football. Hit the sounder. Let's get this win. Take the points. Won't need them. Cleveland wins. What do you got? This game is again an exactly zero delta. Part of the power rankings numbers split so 50 50 historically per our system so my buddy gave you the sounder there's nothing to do with lean with him he's been red hot with his fucking browns baby let's <laughs> fucking go and that was all those wins that were coming in the air tonight baby All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for that NFL free. That's a free pick of the week, baby. Yep, we talked about it earlier. The Jags, those fighting Jags, they never quit. And I love, I love taking teams that never quit getting over a touchdown at home. So give us those Jacksonville Jaguars plus the points at home. And that is your NFL free pick of the week. My Jaguars, baby. You got that money line parlay ready to roll? Man, I do, and I love this money line parlay this week. It is a five-team money line parlay. I'm putting all three of my sounders in this parlay. That would be Cincinnati, the New York Giants, and those Cleveland Browns, and I'm going to pair them with the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints, and this five-team money line parlay pays 19-1, to and we all do the money dance. Boys and girls, that is called putting your fucking money where your mouth is, baby. Longhorn, <laughs> tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe to... to okay, let me start that again. Take two. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay 
those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, The Football Glory Hole and The Degenerate with RJ Choppy. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our YouTube quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see us as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us up, baby.